So two weeks ago, we looked at this question of creation. Um, can you look at the world around you? Can you look at the way things are made and say that there is an author creator around us? Um, or are you someone that takes a stance that there is no creator whatsoever, just given by the things that we've discovered, um, by science and things of that nature? And if you remember, we talked about how faith and science aren't adversaries, but when faith and science are properly used, they actually go really hand in hand. And so this week, we're going to look at something a little bit different. We're going to look at spirituality. And if you guys want to read with me, if you're in Ephesians 6, Paul writes this to the church at Ephesus back, back in the day. Um, he says, finally, in verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And now verse 12 and 13 is kind of the key one. It'll be up there. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Can you say amen with me? Like creation, and the question that we asked about that, we need to stop and look at the world around us and ask this question. And the question that we're going to look at this morning is simply this. Is everything that's happening around us happening in front of us? Does that make sense? That everything that we're looking at around us, is that just natural? Is there nothing more than what we see with our physical eye before us? So the spiritual question, the actual definition of spirituality is anything that is beyond the physical or the natural. That's the definition of it. And this morning, I just want to ask that simple question of, is there more going on? Is there spiritual beings? Is there a spiritual realm? Is there spiritual activity that's happening in this very physical and natural world? I think we can establish that we live in a physical world around us. Amen. We can very much see it. We can touch it. We can smell it, unfortunately, sometimes. You know, the physical world is something that really isn't up for debate as much. But when you talk about is there something more that's going on, is there truly a heavenly realm that is around this earth? In fact, in the Bible, when it talks about the heavens, it's not just clouds in the sky, people playing harps. Um, but it, it talks about it being like the spiritual universe, that's around us um, and that there are physical things and there are spiritual things. And so naturally that would beg the question, are there spiritual things that are happening? And does that give evidence that there truly is a God or an author or creator out there um, that I want to look at? And I want to look at just two really simple things this morning. This is a long discussion in case you guys probably couldn't guess. Amen. There's a lot to it. Um, but I want to just look at two really simple things this morning. And even then, I'm not going to go super into depth with them. But the first one is this. I think you have to consider um, the miraculous. Can you say miracle? Miracle with me. Can I actually, I want to just ask a question. You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you have ever witnessed a miracle? In your life, whether it's with yourself, whether it was the people around you. Now, when I refer to that word miracle, I think that word can be used in a lot of different ways because I think there are beautiful miracles that happen every single day. 
you know, the very fact that you wake up in the morning and that you can breathe, um, I think that's a miracle. I think the miracle of life is something that's very real. What I'm talking about right now is something that is blatantly going against the norm of our everyday lives. Like, that wasn't normal. Like, someone who has a broken arm, someone prays over them, and the arm is healed. I remember at a, at a winter camp... A long time ago, there was this kid who had a broken leg, completely shattered. X-rays showed it and everything. And they prayed over him at the camp. And he literally, like, ripped off his cast and everything. He's like, I'm fine. And he went back to the doctor. They took another X-ray, and his leg was completely fine. And the doctor's like, I have no clue how this happened. And he's like, I can tell you. It's because of what God did. That's the kind of miracles that I'm talking about this morning. Doesn't discredit, doesn't mean that any other miracle is any less. No prejudices against miracles. Amen? You know, so I think that's one thing that you have to consider when you're looking at spiritual things because those don't have very natural origins. Um, Or at least it's very difficult to explain them. The Bible talks a lot about the miraculous. You see it from the very beginning. You look at the... The, the miracles and even the unnatural things that happen like the flood or you look at Abraham, someone who was as good as dead and God said, I'm going to do a miracle by you guys having a son when naturally there's no possible way that you'd be able to have one. When you look at the story of Moses and you look at all the miracles that God did to the Egyptians to testify that this is a God so much bigger than anything natural or anything that any dude um, or woman could ever think of themselves Um, It continues on with the prophets. You see all the way through Jesus, even just the beauty of miracles. Jesus would actually testify about the miracles that he does. In John 10, 37 through 38, he says, Do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. And he says, But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, he says, Believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. He's like, You know what? You might not know where I come from. You may not be sure of the words that I'm telling you, but you can't argue the miracles that I'm doing. That dude that was raised from the dead, those people who are blind and can now see, that testifies just as much to the work that I'm doing. In fact, there's someone in John chapter 9 who is healed by Jesus, and people are, he's in front of the Pharisees, and the Pharisees are discrediting Jesus, and he goes, I don't think you can call him demon-possessed because we've never heard of someone who can open the eyes of the blind. That's kind of amazing. Amen? And so I think that's something to consider. I think that's something to look at. You see that throughout the Bible. You actually see that with the early church. Miracles was actually a sign that the Holy Spirit was with them. And in fact, it was one of the biggest differentiators between them and all the other false systems of belief that were around them to say, look at what God is doing. It's giving evidence to a truth that is real and sowing itself into the hearts of human people around us. Peter would actually say later on in 2 Peter, it's not up on the screen, but he says, we didn't follow cleverly devised stories. I love that term, cleverly devised stories, as if the apostles are like, (laughs) let's make a story that everybody's going to believe. That's not true. He says, we didn't do that. He said, when we told you about the coming of the Lord Jesus in power, he says, but we were eyewitnesses of the majesty. He says, we didn't just make this stuff up. We didn't make it to sound philosophically good. He's like... We just are eyewitnesses of something incredible. And something incredible is happening amongst you, and we just want to testify to that. Miracles are something that continues far beyond the Bible. That's something Jesus actually testified as well. And so when you look at miracles nowadays, um, 
The list goes long. There are tons of miracles that are happening around our church on a weekly basis. Um, one of my favorite stories, actually, I just wanted to only tell one because if I've told every miraculous story that I've heard or seen or experienced, it would be way too long. And we want to enjoy our Sunday. Amen. So um, if you want to throw up that picture, Zach, of um, the group of us, there we go. Some of you recognize Israel in the middle, and then to the right of him is myself. To the left of him is Mini-Me. That's Tony. Um, but over to the far left, a lot of you guys uh, know Samo or Sanito. He actually helps out with our sixth grade ministries. He's been here before, and he's actually shared his testimony. But for those who have never heard of him, he actually got cancer when he was 16, um, a really aggressive type of cancer. He was able to really get some physical healing through the first time, but then it came back all the way to the point where he was paralyzed from his neck down. And he tells this story about how he went to a church in Florida, and he's coming in, and he is just discouraged. And the person at the door is like, hey, I'm praying for you to be healed. And he's like, why? I haven't been healed yet. Just kind of a snap of hopelessness into his life. And the person just says, you know what? I just believe in that. And so here he is in a wheelchair. Here he is. He can't really move at all. Goes throughout his day. Goes to bed at night. Wakes up. Gets out of bed. And he's like, I got out of bed. And he realized that he woke up and he was completely healed. Right there. He hasn't had cancer since then. Um, He's very much a functioning human being. (laughs) Seen him run around a little bit. But, you know, stories like that. And this is where I would just take a step back and just say, So what do you do with that? How do you look at a story like that and go, so what do I believe about the world around me? Because if I were to take the stance of atheism, and that means I believe there's no God. That means I believe everything is naturally happening around me. But that completely goes against that line of thought. It's not an intentional discrepancy as much as it's just like, this is just the truth of what's happening. Randy, our senior pastor, was telling a story, um, something that means a lot to him. He was on a mission trip down in South America, and he, he ran into a person. He was just praying over people, and there was this woman who had, you know, a tumor about the size of a softball on the side of her face, and I guess she had always had it. And, and Randy just felt like the Holy Spirit was putting on him to pray, and he was weeping. He couldn't even get out the words that he's praying over her. And he prays over her for a full healing. He sees her the next day, and it's gone. The whole thing is completely gone. Now, I can remember Randy telling me about a story where he told that to a non-believer. And the non-believer goes, oh, that was just chance. That just happened. Maybe she just healed herself. You know, and I, I hear that. And we're not in the business of putting people down. But I think just from a very rational standpoint, to believe that a woman who had a tumor for Lord knows how long, And someone who prays in the name of Jesus over that tumor within a 24-hour period is gone? My rational side says those are very low odds, and that is an irrational thought to think that happens by chance. John 10, 37-38, it's as simple as, if you don't believe me, believe the works that I'm doing. They testify just as much. Acts 2.22 Peter is preaching to the people, and he says, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, my bad, was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs. They accredit Jesus' ministry, the miracles that happen. And so, on one hand, 
you know, you look at that response. Oh, that just naturally happened. I'm not, so I'm supposed to tell Samito that what happened with him was completely by chance. I, it's not. That's completely irrational to think about. And so there's something to wrestle with when it comes to miracles and it comes to the believing that there is a greater God out there. The other thing that I wanted to talk about, it's not only evident in the good things, but spirituality is also evident in evil things that happen around us. That's why this passage, this passage says the struggle isn't against flesh and blood. It's against rulers. It's against authorities. It's against principalities and the powers of the dark world and the spiritual forces of evil is what he says. Um, in 1 John five nineteen, it says, we know that we are the children of God. It says, and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. That's a, that's a big statement there to be made. And what that's referring to is that although people have a sinful nature inside of them, I have inclinations to do evil or sin because I like it. It's immediate. It'll gratify something inside of me. But that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily tempting myself. There is a tempter out there is what the Bible testifies to. Atheism believes that there is no devil believes that a lot of the issues are caused by natural competition and survival tactics around us. Um, but Christianity believes that there truly is an enemy and that tr- there truly is evil that's present among us. And I know that from this room, you guys don't have to raise your hands. If I ask the question, how many of you have ever witnessed something evil, whether it was through the news, maybe it was something that just happened at school or with someone, something that's been done to you, we could all raise our hands. Amen? Unfortunately. But I think when you look at the world around us and you think about all the things that are happening, to say that a lot of the problems that are happening are just a result of naturalism or natural competition, I'm not sure if I agree with that. When you look at slavery, you look at racism, you look at murder, you look at sexual abuse, you look at manipulation, you look at poverty, you look at disease, you look at malnourishment, um, you look at genocide, um, you look at some of the things that are happening around us, shootings that happen to say that that's just natural. I'm not sure if I agree with that. In fact, I remember Carissa was telling me from one of her studies in her class a while ago that... Um, the people that produce pornography, their marketing technique is to target fourth graders. So if you can tell me that that is a natural thing to do for a human being, um, I don't know what to say to you about that. I hear that, and I think, that's evil. You know, And because there is evil in the world, it testifies that there is something greater going on. Amen. And if there's evil, there's a lot more spirituality battling going on. You know, a lot of the physical things are just projections and foreshadows of what's happening spiritually. The wrestling that we have physically is the same thing that's happening spiritually as well. The other thing that's interesting about that is if this was all natural, then wouldn't there be natural solutions to all of our issues? Don't you think that where we're at as a human society, that we would be able to figure out things like murder? Don't you think we'd be able to figure out things like prejudices and slavery um, and genocides um, and order and fairness? Um, And yet, think about this for a minute. 
when you look at stats in terms of where we're at as a society, we are by far the most educated. We are by far the most equipped technologically. We are by far the most unified. I was reading an article a little bit ago that said that when we're living right now is the least war-stricken society ever in human history. That war is at its all-time low right now by what's going on. And if we're truly there, why are depression rates as high as they've ever been? You know, they equate the depression that students and youth are going through right now is what adults went through in the 1920s and 30s. Like, the pressure is so much. Why are suicide rates as bad as they are? Why do we still experience these horrific things that are happening around us? Why does things like a shooting in Illinois this past week happen? Why, why do these things happen altogether? And I think it's because simply this, it's more than natural things that are going on. There are spiritual issues that are going on. So wherever you stand, both by miracle and by evil. And that doesn't include a lot of other spiritual things, but I think that's another discussion for another day. I think all in all, we can just say that raises the question, is there something more going on spiritually? And is there, because if there's an author creator, then there's spiritual warfare, there's spirituality, there's a heavenly realms going out there. I think that's a hard question for a lot of people to answer. And I think a lot of people will sidestep a lot of those questions because to acknowledge that there is a heavenly realm or a spiritual side to everything puts us really out of control. Amen. This is what we were talking about when we talked about accepted truths versus the actual truth. That gets hard because it's easy to accept that everything that's happening in front of you is just it. It's what it is because I can control it because I can take care of it. But to go after the actual truth and say, you know what, there's a lot more going on. That makes me pretty powerless. That makes me pretty weak. And so to admit that is to admit this on this side. Amen. So ultimately... How, what are the takeaways from that? Because I think there's just a couple of things really simple that I want to run through. First one is this. The root of things are a spiritual issue. Um, that's not to say that you just have to pray through everything. I think that's being hyper-spiritual. In fact, one of my friends who is a non-believer, he actually walked away from the church. He said something really interesting um, when talking about things that he struggled with like pornography addiction growing up and stuff. He goes, I tried to pray it away and it didn't go away. And my response to that is, well, God can use other things. Maybe God wants to teach you how to trust in him, maybe to get into community, maybe to be patient. Maybe he wants to show you grace while you get out of the mud. And so why can't God be in all those other things that helped you get out of that and bless you with that? And so there's that side of it. But what I want to just say about is that there is a real spiritual element to all of our lives that are around us. Um, back in the days when we had the college group in the house over there, I remember, I'll never forget this one girl that was a part of the group. She was adopted um, from a South American country or Central American country. And she said, it blows my mind to see how materialistic America is. There, there is no atheism in other countries, but here, we are so about the things that are in front of us and so about our possessions and so about what's happening that even to be atheist blows her mind. 
You know what I mean? Which is crazy because just like we acknowledge, like in society doesn't acknowledge it and it doesn't solve the problem. The problem's here. And when you address physical things, you're missing the root of it. The same thing can happen in our lives as well. What if the things that you struggle with the most right now in your life were at the root of it a spiritual issue? I know for me, it would be easy to point to physical things and go, that's the problem. Or even physical things in myself and go, that's the problem. But like we read, our struggle isn't against flesh and blood. It's much deeper than that. This past week, I had a really funny encounter um, with a couple of players. I'm assistant coaching at George Fox. We had uh, a match on Thursday. And afterwards, we had a, we had a big team dinner. Um, long, long day. Um, and so the head coach and I are there. And there's four players that are with us. There's three who are not believers and one who is very much on the edge, if you know what I'm saying. So, um, and what happens afterwards, two of the non-believers, they want to talk to us about stuff because they were very upset about their lineup positions. Um, And so they begin just, we disagree with you. We don't like this. Uh, And, you know, the head coach begins engaging and we've been explaining why they didn't start in the lineup or didn't start where they wanted to. And out of nowhere, you just, this stuff just starts coming out. These are two non-believers. People don't believe. They are weeping in the middle of a Baja Fresh, might I remind you, about where they're at in life, about their position. And so I just, I look at them and I go, okay, here's the lineup side. Here's what we're doing as coaches. Here's our thinking about it. But can you acknowledge that this isn't only about the lineups. And they're like, yeah, you know. And come to dive into it, one of them um, feels like the only thing he could ever bring to the team is value by winning. He doesn't see himself as adding anything, which actually comes from his dad and the way that he relates to him. The other kid, um, is only, his only value is in competing and winning. And so if he drops in the lineup, he sees that against a threat against his value in humanity. He feels super alone in life that no one loves him. He feels like when his dad comes down to watch matches, he feels like he is just letting him down. And he is scared on court when he plays. It's so funny how they would approach us by going, we have some issues. <laughs> this is the issue, the lineup. And it's like, no, actually, the issue is something in your soul at the heart of that. I know, I don't know about you, but I love in my life to be like, God, I got some issues I need to work out with you right now. He's like, really? Really? Says, because I think the thing that's really lacking is in your soul. You should start there. That isn't to say that there aren't real physical issues that affect us spiritually. But I think it's wise to start at the spiritual side of things because God is truly the one that gives us value and worth. So then we can recognize when we battle something that it truly is this and maybe not right here. You know, Jesus would actually say he's, he's talking to the religious leaders of the day who are all about the physical stuff and about all the guidelines and rules. And he says, you guys are like these, these bowls and these cups that are clean on the outside. And he says, but they're filthy On the inside is what he says. He says, if you clean the inside first, he says, the outside will take care of itself. So what if, what if we took care of ourselves spiritually and that took care of all the outer stuff in our lives? 
What if that took care of all the issues that we're having out here with people around us and the way that we see the world or the way that we see our parents? What if it started here within our own hearts? Jesus would say, what good is it to gain the whole world yet lose your soul? Starts with your soul. And that's the thing that Jesus cares most. Which leads to the next point, pretty simple. God isn't just fighting our physical battles, but he's fighting our spiritual ones. The cross was very much a spiritual act. In fact, Jesus being a spiritual king to us was worthy of death in the eyes of the Jewish people of that day because they wanted a physical king, but Jesus knew what we needed most was soul care. Amen? And you know what? I believe that's still true today, and I think that that same conflict range true in our lives right now. We look at Jesus and say, you got to be the savior of my physical stuff. And Jesus says, but I got to be the savior of your soul first. I got to be the savior of your heart first before anything. When was the last time you asked God to enter into your soul and to take a look at it and tell you what's inside of you? I'm very good at telling God all the physical things that are happening around me But what about the stuff in my heart? What about the stuff in my soul that really matters the most, that really drives who I am and the way that I live my life? The last point is just simply this. What Jesus did brought spiritual healing and will someday bring physical healing. The first time Jesus came, he brought a spiritual deliverance. He saved our souls. Jesus testified that someday he's going to come back again and he's going to bring a physical deliverance. He says he's going to make a new heavens and a new earth that's going to be very much visible and very much great. Much better than this. Amen? But I think it's recognizing, as it says in 2 Corinthians 4.15, it says, though outwardly we waste away every day, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Your soul is something that gets better with each day. Physically, we're, we're getting worse with each day. Our physical sides are so temporary. So to worry about such things is to worry about what won't last. God will take care of that in due time. But the thing that he cares about most is our heart and our soul. Amen? I want us to close uh, Bibles, phones, things of like that. Lisa, if you want to come back up. Um, I want us to do something together. Let's... Uh, Let's go ahead and stand. We're going to pray together. I want us to respond as we come to the end of service this morning. The word says that God is spirit and those who worship him, worship him um, in spirit and in truth. So I want you to close your eyes. I want us to respond in a couple ways this morning. First, First and foremost, if you're in this room, and you don't acknowledge Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, but also your soul. Maybe you're someone that looks at your life and says, how can God save this mess? Maybe it isn't starting with all the physical things. Maybe it's starting just with your heart and with your soul right now. That's why the word would say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your soul. So maybe you want to make that decision what the word says and what Jesus says is that when you put your trust in him, it's like he cleanses you. He creates a pure heart within you and a steadfast spirit within you. And he starts there. That's why the word says that when you trust in him, it's like he deposits his Holy Spirit within you. He doesn't 
deposit a, a physical being around you. He, just, he deposits his spirit within you. And it's like you're this, this dwelling place for God to dwell with you and to walk with you in your life. And you want that. Maybe you're the kind of person in this room that is so, so good at looking at all the physical things in your life. And you're going, that's the problem. I need to solve that. I need to solve these problems. Or looking at physical things in your life and going, I just got to control that. I just got to get my behavior better. But you're just looking at physical things. You're just kind of looking above the surface at the plant. You're not really getting down at the roots of it. And God wants to start at the roots and work his way out in your life. So maybe you've been neglecting your heart or neglecting your soul with him. And this morning you just want to say, Lord, I want to give you my soul. And Lord, I want to change the way I look at a relationship with you because I recognize it starts with my soul. It doesn't start with anything around me. It starts with everything within me. So Jesus, we just invite you into our hearts and our lives and in our soul. God, would you forgive us of our sins as you are so good at? And Lord, would we accept the fact that you love us with an everlasting love? God, your word says that you're like a righteous father, Lord, to us, that when we trust in you, you have this incredible compassion and you pour it out and you continue to pursue us. And Lord, would that, would that sink so far beyond the outer things? Lord, we recognize that there are so many spiritual elements that are happening around us right now, both good and both evil. And Lord, we don't have to be afraid of it. Lord, your word says that when we put you on as armor, that Lord, we can fight the battles that are in front of us, that you make us a warrior spiritually before you. And Lord, we choose to be your warrior. So we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said?